Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, and welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business leadership practices to leverage those trends and create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm also an adjunct faculty member at universities in the U.S. and Germany. I am delighted that on our show today is Ken Wiley. Ken has been on the faculty of the University of Calgary, Mount Royal University, and the Thompson Rivers University in Canada in adventure-based academic programs. He founded and works as the executive director of Mountains for Growth in 2013, and this organization is chartered to help individuals and groups gain personal insights and wisdom through their mountain adventures. Ken developed the concept of adventure literacy based on the idea that adventure is always presenting us with information. Our job is to listen and harvest those lessons. Ken holds a bachelor's degree of physical education, specifically outdoor pursuits, and is a member of the International Federation of Mountain Guide Associations, and is the author of the book released in 2014, which is about his path navigating through a tragedy. And we'll talk a little bit about that and about his current work. So I want this Voice America series to provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders to help prepare for them, us, to navigate the dynamic times we're facing. And for leaders to be really effective, we need to be perpetually innovating how we lead which also means changing how we think about ourselves as leaders and how we think about leadership. And so this specific show, I am hoping that you hear from Ken a little bit about his journey. And if you're a regular listener, we talk often about developmental levels and leadership development. And in my own personal journey, adventure travel has been a really important element in my development as a leader, which for some people that would be counterintuitive. You get a class to learn about leadership and you go on adventure travel as vacation. What Ken does is really integrate the two of those that what you do in adventure trips, whether it's mountain climbing or hiking, is designed by its very nature to help people harness the disorienting dilemmas that happen when we are in communion with the natural world and specifically out of communion with our devices and our heaters and air conditioners and all of the comforts that we have and we face the challenges that are presented by being out in nature. 
and Ken and I have been for the last few days at a music festival talking to young people about their experience. So these are the leaders who will be leading the world in the future. Mm -hmm. um, some of them leading now, but many of them will be leading in the next decade or two and really trying to help them embrace the journey they're facing very different than some of what we're facing. So Ken, let's talk a little bit about your book, but then I'd like to move pretty quickly into outdoor pursuits and how what you're doing now and how does that connect with both leaders of organizations and also individuals leading their lives differently. The book um, was published in 2014 and it chronicles my journey of discovery after a tragic avalanche event that happened in 2003 where seven clients were killed. And the story for me is one of discovering that my life of adventure was trying to teach me key lessons. I have this idea that we're, we're all here to learn individual lessons. You know, I think that nature tries to, tries to teach us that there's infinite possibilities. Certainly there's infinite possibilities in, in, um, in trees and animals and plants. And, and certainly the notion or the, the fact that each human being is, apart from identical twins, they're an individual unto themselves. And I had some lessons to go through and I wasn't paying attention. And so therefore the volume got turned up in 2003 and I was involved in, a, in this tragic avalanche accident, which I think was avoidable had I been paying attention to what my adventure events were trying to teach me. And I call them events purposefully, because I think that they don't become experience until we metabolize them, <laughs> until we, we transmute them into valuable, mm -hmm. valuable experience. And so um, part of that was I was just going too fast. And that so is for me such an important lesson for all of us in leadership roles because you don't stay in those roles if you're not going fast. So either leading in an outdoor pursuit business or in a corporation, large corporate, we're expected to get so much done in such a short period of time. And then many of us have personal lives. And what's left is very little for reflection. Yeah, and getting back to the book just for a moment, what, mm -hmm. it, what it underlines is that if I just slowed things down a little bit mm -hmm. and paid attention to the things that were important, seven people wouldn't have, likely wouldn't have died. And so I'm, I'm not, you know, entirely responsible for what happened, but I played a role in it. And that role was Ken's going way too fast and he missed Mm -hmm. missed the key piece and important to say you weren't the primary guide yes yeah it doesn't change how you feel it doesn't change how I feel and it doesn't change the role that I played but um, you know it, it also speaks to um, this idea of leading ourselves mm -hmm. and, and being responsible for our journey 
regardless of, of the superimposed structure. Because at the end of the day, we all have to look ourselves in the mirror and mm -hmm. we all have to you know, go to sleep at night. And, we, and so if we're out of alignment with what's, mm -hmm. what our truth is, then I think that we'll suffer in some way. Yeah. And so I, it was, a, for me, that whole process of writing helped me discover that, wow, you know, I was just going too fast. I was like skimming across the surface of things and I wasn't really addressing the real issues. So let's take a second here. And for our listeners, this happened in 2013. You started writing when? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, 23, 2003. Yeah, 2003 was when the avalanche happened. I started writing in 2010. Okay, so you had seven years between tragic event and beginning to put pen to paper. Yeah. What happened during that period of time? I got really sick, slowly. And I think that I was traumatized by the event, uh, not traumatized by being buried in the snow, not traumatized by the the event in in itself but perhaps the traumatized by failing to provide leadership real leadership for myself and other people and um and traumatized in some respects by consequence recognizing how deep it was and also i would say that my response to it was very adolescent in that i just kind of wanted it to go away you know a little bit akin to you know, when you're a kid and you break the neighbor's window with your, your baseball and, you know, don't own up to it, I sidestepped it and just let other people take the heat. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was costly too. There was a weight to that. And, you know, I, I think of it as a, a large backpack filled with rocks. And I was you know, moving through life with this heavy load. And what I now know is that events that happen, we carry, but it's important for us to carry something that's going to serve us and not something that's just you know, wait, weighting us down. Mm -hmm. And so to transmute different elements of the experience so that it becomes something that I can use in, in my own leadership leadership of myself and the leadership of others and in coaching people, encouraging people to, to pay attention and to slow mm -hmm. down. You know, you were speaking to the idea of, you know, we live in a fast-paced world and leaders need to move quickly on mm -hmm. things. And yet, in my mountain guiding tradition, we use the phrase, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So in, in going smooth, slowly, and reflecting on things along the way, it seems like we're not working. But we're being infused with, when we slow down, we're being infused with the, the knowledge that we need. It's a process of listening to ourselves, listening to the people that we're leading, and listening to our clientele, so that we can then understand what's needed then the steps we take are more deliberate and more accurate. And more accurate. Yeah. So it's in the quality arena, it, it would be reducing waste. Mm -hmm. 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't make errors. So in fact, my production is quicker and cheaper. Yes. Yeah, we make errors when we go too fast, and we have blind spots. And blind spot is really one of the issues, right? Mm-hmm. In your story, but also for most leaders, if I am not taking the time to reflect and having the courage to process the risks, then we make those mistakes. Absolutely. You know, Carl Jung, he said one of the one of the beautiful heuristics that's available to us is to even have conversations with people that know us and ask us how we and we can ask them how we need to develop. Many of us lack the courage to do that in, in authentic ways and lack the courage to give that in authentic mm-hmm. ways. And yet he, there's truth to what he's saying because if we can understand not only our strengths and areas for development, then we're also we're, we're working more efficiently. How many organizations suffer from you know, the the CEO that has a blind spot that everyone's afraid to tell them about Mm -hmm. and they don't know it themselves. That's much of my work in coaching. And it also requires that, that the recipient is willing to hear and act on. Absolutely. Not squash the person who gives the bad news. Yeah. And it could be good news. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if bottom line is what we're after, then, you know, it could profoundly affect our bottom lines. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, we live in a world where we need to develop as humans. The answer to many of our challenges, you know, in modern society mm-hmm. is around, around our own development. So you, event happens in 2003. Mm-hmm. You get sick. Mm-hmm. 2010, you start writing. I'm having written a book. I'm assuming you didn't just sit down, dash it off, send it to the publisher and celebrate. There was a, <laughs> a bit of a process. That's what I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't anything like that. And it's really funny in, in, our, um, in our movies and, and in our literature, sometimes you know, these processes, these challenges that we face as humans are often abbreviated. You know, we see somebody in a movie and they sit down to write a book and then it becomes a bestseller. And, and life is more, real life is, it's more generous than that. It's also harder. And, and, I'm, and I'm being generous and using the word generous, mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard. But in, in the hard is, is where we actually gain depth. That was one of the keys I was looking for is, is your process of writing took you through a very different journey mm-hmm. of revisiting what had happened and then reconnecting with the families, mm-hmm. the people who were... Absolutely. Yeah, the, the journey of writing was one where I started writing stories that had nothing to do with an avalanche accident and everything mm-hmm. to do with adventures that were happening before any snow slid on the mountain. And I was baffled by it initially, but then realized... Oh, okay. These are these are lessons that I needed to learn before the volume got turned up. Mm-hmm. Well, and and as you say that for our listeners who are current leaders, sometimes the development process looks like we're not doing much. 
mm-hmm. but it's it's setting the stage to get into the deeper work of transformation. But without mm-hmm. a solid foundation, transformation shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and we talked about this this weekend, what happens when people try to transform without solid foundation? And in some cases, it's fairly significant personal cost. Right? Yeah. I'm not very effective, and I hit a, what should be a speed bump, and I'm thrown out the windshield rather than I have spill my coffee. Mm-hmm. Process. We, we're results-oriented, but process is often profoundly important in not only in lives, but in, in corporations and business and, and, um, and in, in adventure. Mm-hmm. And so process is often longer than we anticipate. And required. And required. So I wrote for a year, mm-hmm. and I reached what I call the first false summit. <laughs> for those of us who have climbed we know what that means when you were climbing Kilimanjaro you probably got to a point that you thought was the summit and then you could see oh it's off in the distance and it's, it can't be disheartening so with that disheartening first false summit we're going to take a break and we'll be right back this is Maureen Metcalf and Ken Wiley and Ken is talking about his process of personal, professional leadership growth. And then we're going to get into how this applies to the bigger or people in in in-place leadership roles. How would you apply this to what you're doing and trying to do, trying to navigate? Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with The Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. So welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf and Ken Wiley. And at the end of the last segment, Ken was talking about his book and the first not quite done, let's reconnect there. Yeah, so I spent a year writing and realized that I had somebody look at my work and they said, well, you've got a great story. Start over. And so then I spent another year writing and that got me a publisher and he said, you've got a great story. Start over. Start over. The structure is not quite right. And that process pushed me hard. But the, the fruits of that process were beautiful. So say more about that, because as I understand your experience, a lot of this writing, rewriting was where you did your introspection and your own personal growth, mm-hmm. but painful growth. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting, the writing and rewriting was, is I think what we're being impelled to do with our lives. You know, we often hold dear the people that can, can reinvent themselves. And personal growth is about, you know, you, one may have memories of something, but then having, authoring a different version of the memory. We can almost change the past by changing our perception of it. I was going to say what we know about brains is that is entirely true. Yeah. That we pull it out and we reshape it and in a new context as we evolve mm-hmm. that thing that happens is very different from a different perch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so the process of writing shifted this out tragic, absolutely tragic for everyone involved this tragic event into something that was teaching me and something that I value. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is tragic. Yes, it's horrible. And people lost sons and daughters and uncles and brothers Mm -hmm. and sisters and daughters. And it doesn't change that. But for Ken Wiley, it became... It became my mentor. It became the the thing that I needed to develop as a human being. Mm-hmm. And you know, in our in our culture, we we talk about how we we needed a good swift kick, and that's what I got. And, mm-hmm. and I I started to see the good swift kick as wow, this is this is exactly what I needed. And this is the deepening process. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the humility. Like, making friends with humility. Making friends with shame. So as you say that, I imagine that world-class mountaineers, is 
So you, you've been on some of the biggest, steepest faces in the world. There's a bit of ego to that. Absolutely. And so if I had met you 15 years ago, we would be having a very different conversation. Absolutely. And humility may not have been part of that. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so humility is the first quality we talk about in this Leader 2050 model or the evolution of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things you took away was a sense of humility. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it was the only thing that I could do to, to heal okay. was to embrace, because it's a, it's a profound, uh, I guess, I guess I could have carried on and just pretended that mm -hmm. things didn't happen and we didn't make any mistakes. But but for me, to to own my errors, mm -hmm. my blind spots, the things that led me into that situation, my own failings that led me into that situation, those are the things that I think I was here to learn. I was, you know, that I came mm -hmm. here to this life to learn. And mm -hmm. And in if I were to deny those things, mm -hmm. then I'm, I'm de denying my humanity. I'm denying, you know, the pieces of the, the true essence of of me. Mm -hmm. All the other pieces of the accomplishments, the physical accomplishments, mm -hmm. those are fleeting. Those are profoundly fleeting. Mm -hmm. Whereas. Connecting to, to our shame and making friends with shame and making friends with humility, it connects, it grounds us. And I feel more grounded. Mm -hmm. And the event was owning me. Not you I, owning it. Until I owned it, until I owned up to it. Ah, okay. Yeah. As I think of leaders who are listening, how many of us have events that, because we haven't metabolized them, big events like Ken's or small events, but, but they take a piece of us where we're ashamed of things we've done, most of us, because we, those of us pushing boundaries have done some stupid things. Um, not intentionally stupid, but in retrospect, there are certainly things I wish I had not done. Um, but they got me here. Mm -hmm. And so how do I integrate that so that I change as a person, not just stick it in a corner? And I think as we talk about evolving as leaders, not just developing skills, but evolving our mindsets, evolving our algorithm we talk about evolving your leadership algorithm or moving up developmental levels to a more complex level part of what's required is this kind of process journey metabolism of really integrating our very worst experiences taking the power away from the event and giving the power back to the person who had the experience. Yeah, and, and, and the power is claimed by the person again by through humility. 
Absolutely. And as humans, we were on this journey from dualism to non-dualism mm-hmm. and for unity. Okay, and I'm going to stop you there. What does that mean for a leader listening who may not know those words? Um, black and white. Okay. So we, we like to think that things are good and bad. Mm-hmm. We like to put things as, and, and, and good and bad is polar. It's polarizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if we can take something that we're perceiving as bad and find the lesson and let that lesson grow in us, then what happens is that this thing that we were perceiving as bad then becomes something that new growth comes out of and new emergence and, and um, transformation. And so then it's a lot harder to label it as bad. And so there's a, there's a unity to that mm-hmm. where the, the, the good and bad then becomes life. There's actually work um, in managing polarities. The both poles exist. The black and the white exist, the good and the bad, however we label them. Mm-hmm. And it's navigating the tension because often they don't go away. Mm-hmm. Right? There, there are positive and negative in science. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is through that that there's power. Yes. I'm thinking poles of batteries. Mm-hmm. That this human skill of managing the poles gives us a lot more power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, your description of or the avalanche tragedy will always be bad. There's, there are elements of it that will always be bad and painful mm-hmm. for people. And, and yet, what it, you know, the, the opportunity is to take the pieces that we can grow mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we, we bring beauty into the world. Mm-hmm. That's how we access our creativity. To just keep it as bad and, mm-hmm. and hold on to it in, the, in, in that light is a lost opportunity. And I imagine there's a self-punishment that I, I had X role in this and I need to hold on to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think um, it's really interesting because I'm in a, in a place where I use the, the language of I had a role in it in order to be instructive about process. Mm-hmm. And I am no longer the person that made those decisions. Fifteen years later. Yeah. You've used a phrase that I think is important. I used to be a mountain climber. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a person who climbs mountains. Yes. So why do you make that distinction? And what is it that our listeners should take away and ask themselves, am I a leader or a person who leads? Am I a CEO or a person who does this? And why is this nitpicking about words relevant? I think self-identifying or self-identifying with an activity or a role that we play, if that changes somehow, then we, we lose the ability to 
be grounded and understand who we are. In using the language, I am a person who climbs or I am a person who is a CEO, <laughs> we would breathe distance, we breathe perspective. And, and to us, the word person also denotes that, that there's divinity, there's in, in us, and <laughs> there's beauty in us, and there's fault in us. And so, yeah, I think that life is, you know, many traditions teach the idea of impermanence. And I think to use the language, I'm a person first, and, and then whatever role we're engaged mm -hmm. in, helps, it protects us a little bit from that impermanence, and it, it sets us up for being more nimble when things change. I was going to say, if I'm not that thing, then my capacity to change seems bigger. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. If you're only a mountain climber, mm -hmm. or primarily a mountain climber, then this tragedy means you've lost your identity, mm -hmm. and harder to navigate the process of owning, transforming. When I self-identified as a climber, I my decision making was worse because. I had to do things, even though the risks were too great. I had to do things because I had to succeed. Because if I didn't succeed, then not a, I am nothing. Yeah. That's the bit of the diamond in that conversation. If I am the role, then to not stay in that role, I have to do at any cost. As an executive, how many decisions do we make to make the quarterly numbers, to keep the role, to make the impact, or I'm out the door? And for me, I lost my humanity. I self-identified as a climber. I was making decisions that had nothing to do with what a good, grounded, kind, compassionate human being would do. I had to succeed, and and it was that in part it was it was pieces like that that led to my decision making. And that's where I want to just take a breath and, as our listeners, how often have you felt like, if I don't get this right, I failed, I've failed as a leader or I've failed my family as a parent or as a spouse, if I'm not this, then I'm a failure. If this goes wrong, and how does that drive our decisions? And I think of some of the epic corporate blunders. And were they made, and I'm not speaking about any person that I know, but how often were those made by people who were afraid to fail. And so they took the big risk. They were afraid to be exposed as failing. So I did something to cover up the mistake. And therein lies the not owning it. Because mm -hmm. owning it means I'm exited in shame. Mm -hmm. And so by distancing ourselves, 
distancing ourselves in our language, I am a person who is a CEO, I'm mm-hmm. a person who is a climber, we then allow ourselves to make better decisions, but also to be able to hear what's needed. Yeah, I think that process of hearing what's needed helps us and to, to, to make, make the right choices. So when you say hearing what's needed, you mean in that moment, in that situation, if I had stopped, paid a little bit more attention, what was needed was something different. Absolutely. Okay. And it underlines the idea of courage. Okay. Because to do what's right often takes courage. And, and, it's, and it's not necessarily physical courage or the courage to take the big risk, but it's the courage to... To say, well, wait a minute, I think we need to press the pause button so that we can see, reorient and recalibrate mm-hmm. and make the right move from, from that space. And again, because humans operate in a culture and leaders operate in a culture, we're so often faced with no wins. If I stop, I'm going to look weak or someone's going to beat me. And if I don't stop, there are these other risks. And so this is where the values come in. Who am I? Mm -hmm. What do I stand for? What do I stand for? And, you know, the conversation started in part by, you know, we were talking about slowing down. Mm -hmm. And in the process of slowing down, we understand more deeply what we stand for. We understand more, and having those conversations, you know, at, at the boardroom table about mm-hmm. what do we stand for as a group of people? And starting there. We often do vision and values, and then they go on a wall, a card, or a wall. And I know of cases where people absolutely live them. I wonder how often the risk of failure is weighted more heavily than meeting my values. And on that note, we're going to go on break. We will be right back with more and Wild. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. 
visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hey, welcome back to segment three. Maureen Metcalf and Ken Wiley, and we're talking about Ken's book, Buried, but also his journey. And now we're going to shift to how does this apply to leadership? And for me, as I've navigated, if we talk about vertical development, moving through the developmental levels, this idea of having a disorienting dilemma. So I get out of my comfort zone and have to face a challenge that I wouldn't typically face? And how do I make meaning out of that? And how do I change how I, how do I change my meaning-making equation based on this? So adventure is one mechanism, death in the family, loss of health, any number of life events that throw us out of our standard way of making sense of this are opportunities for us to not only traverse the the tragedy or the experience, but also to really elevate our way of making sense of things. And can it, it sound, thank you first for sharing something that had had to be heartbreaking an experience that you had, not one that you did it in writing, but two, that you're sharing more deeply your personal experience of it mm-hmm. as a beautiful example of what's possible to take our worst experiences and turn them into our own personal growth and the opportunity to do much more good in the world. So in shifting focus to the good you're doing in the world now (laughs) you've talked about using the idea of outdoor literacy and working with a range of people in your nonprofit from leaders to veterans to homeless people Mm -hmm. and so give us a little bit of what this is and through the lens of a listener who's a leader how would they 
use what you're talking about to become more effective in their own journeys? So helping people become more effective in their own journeys, I think, starts with slowing down. And the act of slowing down is tough. It's really tough. We have all kinds of pressures. We have all kinds of deadlines. We have a culture that has wrapped its head around this idea that if I'm not moving, then I'm nothing. Literally nothing. Yes. And from a mythological standpoint, if we go back to the stories that humanity has told for millennia, we hear stories of people that go to the mountain to sit mm. and be still. And in many ways, what I'm speaking about is informed by nature because my observation of a mountain lake is one where we only see it reflecting the mountains around it when it's still. And so oftentimes our, our environment and the, and the natural world is trying to instruct us on how to be in the world. What, what do we do as humans? We walk up to that calm mountain lake and we skip a stone across it and we want to get, across, get our stone across the lake without ever sinking in. And I think that that's metaphorical about how we operate in the world. And so the biggest challenge is to actually get people to slow down enough so that they can work with the material that they already have. So when you say slowing down, for me that's taking a walk, it's meditation, it's just not checking email at every stoplight. It's mm -hmm. taking a minute to be intentional. It's not necessarily taking two hours out of my work day. That's right. It's, it's taking intentional time and saying to oneself, I want to look at this event in my life mm -hmm. and see what it has to offer me. So it might be, what did I learn from you know, helping my mother through the process of cancer? What was it about you know, my younger brother and his struggle with depression? Mm -hmm. what, did, what did he and his struggle have to teach me about, about me? Mm -hmm. So these, these events, they have power to them and they have a hidden meaning that's already there, to, ready to be cherry-picked. And I want to say, as you're talking, I'm thinking about something that happened in my life recently. And that's that I heard that someone I was very close to at one point has recently committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And I know I haven't processed that. Mm -hmm. And I know I will. Mm -hmm. And I guess the, the, the thing I'm pointing out is we don't always take time the day something happens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need some space and some safety and some other tools before diving into that processing. Yeah, and I think, I think you're right. I think that we run the risk of, if it's something that's been traumatic, to go back and revisit it might not actually serve us. But to go back and ask the question, what does it have to teach me? 
That's, like that's that. something different all, all together. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do I do with this? How do I let this shape who I am on my days moving forward? Mm-hmm. In yoga, we use the warrior pose. And the warrior mm-hmm. pose is, in part, a balance. The two arms are stretched out, one backwards mm-hmm. and one forwards. And the, the backwards arm is supporting the forward arm. In oh, in balancing. in balancing it. And so what we've experienced or the, the, the events that we've lived have an energy that can help us with moving forward. And in asking ourselves, what, what have I got to, what do, what do I need to learn from this? We're taking an event and we're not just, we're not just li- reliving the memory of it. Mm-hmm. It's an active process. It's a process where we're being creative. And we're, you know, for some of your listeners, they may be you know, very close to the, the, the divine. But it's, you know, I think that creativity is divinely inspired. And it's making space for that process of being creative with whatever we've experienced. And in many ways, nature is teaching us that as well. A tree falls down in the forest and it, you know, it comes down with a crash and a bang and takes down some other trees along with it and within a year something's sprouting out of it. And so that's what nature is showing us that we're meant to do with the trees that crash down in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. So tree hits, tree crashes down in the forest mm-hmm. and the invitation is to do what? Grow. Okay. And if we look around nature, mm-hmm. things that are static erode, mm-hmm. and things that are alive grow. And the trick is to be alive. And the trick is to give life mm-hmm. to the events that we that we experience, and then. We change the event to experience. So as I go through it first, and I'll talk about Kilimanjaro a little bit, I was never a strong kid. I was never a fit kid. So to take on the climbing of Kilimanjaro was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. So I ran stairs every day, and then I ran stairs with a backpack with weights in it. and I was still kind of the runt of the litter on the trip. And yet, for me to overcome physical challenges, because I knew I was smart, so that's not my issue, mostly. But being able to navigate just the physical world and feel safe was. And so, that insecurity, in some ways, owned me. And I I wasn't paralyzed. I wasn't afraid to leave my door. But I, I just didn't have the confidence that other people have navigating the complexities of the world. So as I did that trek, so going to Africa by myself, choosing to fly different times and into a different location, so I went to Kenya a couple days early, navigating a country that's very different, different language, different customs, different safety level, then flying to Tanzania again by myself, there was an airline strike, so I had a couple days without my friends showing up. And then climbing 
for a while that was an experience I had to do. The process now of a decade later, revisiting what did I learn from that and the strength and courage that I stepped out and I did it and I now own my experience physically in the world very differently. Mm -hmm. And that allows me to show up and do other things very differently. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't get into nearly the depth that you've shared in your experience, but it, but it was out of my comfort zone, making sense with what do I think of the natural world? Is it just trees that look pretty um, and highways that I need to drive faster on? Or is it, this is where I get everything I'm going to need? And, and is there a spiritual connection? And what is that? And is it different than I thought when I started? And how do I look to my friends and my guides? Because I'm not going to get there alone. And is the mountain going to help me or be hostile? All of those things played into, and a million more as I'm, one foot in front of the other for days and feeling insecure. I was traveling with people who were much stronger than I am. And where in my life is that a metaphor for not good enough, not strong enough? And how do I look to other people to support me just as I am willing to support them? How do I partner differently I don't have to be the smartest one, and frankly, being the smartest one in the room helps me absolutely zero climbing up a mountain. What is the humility? What is the collaboration? And how do I bring that experience into writing a book? Working with a client who's struggling, mm -hmm. um, being in relationship, in, in business, and at home. So I hope that's not rambling, but that for me, that was a bit of the unpacking of mm -hmm. the, my outdoor experience that, again, I don't think I would have gotten in a whole bunch of workshops in hotel conference rooms. Because you lived it. You lived the struggle. You lived the difficulty. You lived the, the, the pain of being up that high on a mountain and, and the discomfort and... And, and maybe even the shame. The, the shame yeah, there because I was the I was the runt. The guide had to help me a lot more, and had I been stronger, other people would have had more support. And that's a critical place to have inhabited if we're mentoring, because many of the people that we mentor, we have no idea about who they can become. And, and who they are already. We don't know them that well. Exactly. We know them in a corporate setting often. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, it's interesting that you, you, that you say that you were the, the runt. Um, Not the skinniest, <laughs> but the weakest. But possibly the most tenacious. Possibly. And so... You know, there's humility in saying that, you know, I struggled with this, which I think is the birthplace of compassion. Mm -hmm. And so, maybe, you know, perhaps your, your experience on Kilimanjaro was where you became more of a compassionate human being. 
But at the same time, the other side is, wow, you know, tenacious. Yeah, I I can be kind, but when I say I'm going to get something done, mostly it gets done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know about Robert Keegan, and mm-hmm. he, would say, he would say that as we grow and as we mature, we can see all sides to things. We can see, and we're curious about all sides. And we're curious about, wow, you know, this experience that has many facets to mm-hmm. it. It has a ton of facets to it. And, and in, in understanding those facets and in, in, in exploring all those facets, we make better decisions as leaders. So I'm going to end on this note, and I want Ken to give his contact information, but more than that, this feels like an ongoing dialogue that we're inviting our listeners to join and engage with what are those experiences and how are they inviting us to grow. And this truly is a journey. Yours was years before you even started writing, years after you wrote. And I'm guessing that you're still integrating Absolutely. and growing from those, mm-hmm. from that one experience and from many more. Mm-hmm. You know, I often invite people to ask questions when I'm speaking and I always learn something. Mm-hmm. So how would people reach you, Ken? Through my website, mountainsforgrowth.com okay. and ken at mountainsforgrowth.com. Okay. And you're doing programs with homeless people this summer. Mm -hmm. You've done programs with veterans. You've done programs with leaders. Any idea what's next? Well, this week I'm working with a group in Victoria, British Columbia um, called Power to Be. And and their mission is to provide access, adventure access for all kinds of population groups. And so um, they work with differently abled Mm-hmm. Um, sea kayaking and adventuring on the west coast of British Columbia. And I'm working with their leaders this week. Okay. And helping them gain more awareness about who they are so that they can make better decisions in risk environments. So thank you. And I do encourage our listeners, reach out to Ken. Uh, reach out to me. I would love to hear your feedback. Info at metcalf-associates.com or on Facebook Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We look forward to hearing from you, and you will be hearing from Ken and I again in the not-so-distant future. We hope you tune in again next week. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.